Hey guys, we have our first two-part podcast coming at you, and this is part one of my prepping podcast that I did with my husband, the ultimate prepper of all preppers, of all situations, of all scenarios, thinks of all the things. So catch part one, and then next week I'll, I'll launch part two, and it is going to have a blog attached in the show notes. So give that a peek if you want more lists and things to check and scenarios and all the information we cover. It's kind of like taking notes. I did the note taken for you. So check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. All right. Hello, everybody. I am here with my husband, Tom, and we are going to chat a little bit with you guys about prepping, which is actually a subject that I've been requested to talk about, which is kind of fun. I hope you guys do more of that at Wendy Cunningham at ProtonMail.com. Mail in your topics, your thoughts, your questions. I'd love to do a podcast on whatever you think I should do a podcast on. But we're going to talk about prepping um, for a number of reasons, but we're, I won't say we're authorities, but we did spend a good two or three years watching Doomsday Preppers, so as a married couple. So we have a little bit of authority, but also um, since I've been married to this person, we have been preppers, I guess you would say. We have been, he has brought me into the fold of all the wisdom of the ways of the prepper. And uh, I've learned a lot and that's why I brought him because he knows more than I do about this. But thanks for coming on, honey. Glad to be back. (laughs) So what is prepping for someone who does not know or has not heard that term? Uh, Prepping is just being prepared for what you think you might need to be prepared for. And that could be a two-hour power outage. Uh, That could be a flood or a wildfire or brownouts of electricity, a heat wave, or it could be, uh, you know, civil unrest in these larger, more pop-culturally relevant prepper ideas but uh, it really is just the, let's say it, the art of preparation. The art of planning ahead, right? And the preppers might look like the crazy people until they're the only ones prepared. That's kind of the idea. Um, so why would you prep? You kind of mentioned a couple of, you know, things that we're going to talk about, but some of the things that came to my mind were food shortages, which is something we saw at the beginning of covid Um, something that it's rumored to be continuing down the line, you know, for various reasons, um, you know, shortages in labor force, people getting sick, things getting backed up, you know, inner, um, shipments from other countries coming in slower, getting stuck in ports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a number of things and we don't 
typically go too far down the conspiracy road here. So um, there's a number of reasons why there might be food shortages, which we have experienced in recent days. So that's one thing. Of course, we um, I did actually, when I was still on Instagram, did a prepping uh, story that was very popular, just kind of walking through people um, with some basic ideas of what you might want to get when we were looking at the shelter in place and the lockdowns when they were first beginning. So um, who knows? Who knows if that'll come our way again, but it's always good to be prepared now that we know that's a reality and can happen much faster than we expect. The deal is with prepping, as we we probably remember from the COVID experience, once you get the idea that oh, I should go grab some, I don't know, toilet paper or (laughs) any number of things. You get to the store and realize you are not the only person who had that thought and there may not be any left. Um, There might be lines. It might not be a situation that you want to be in. And so thinking about those things ahead of time is kind of the general idea. So that that may or may not happen. The idea is in, you know, kind of the fundamental principle of it is rather than being caught off guard by a change in circumstances and being and having to be reactionary to the change you have done some amount of proactive preparation for not necessarily even that specific alteration in circumstances but something that applies that helps that situation and um you know there's many 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 examples but You know, it could be as simple as, you know, if you do, if you have a a small generator and you have someone in your house who depends on a CPAP machine, you know, rather than panicking and having to figure out how to figure out the circumstances when you lose electricity, you have already addressed that. And it it goes from something that could create... uh, uh, control over you that pushes you in a direction. Oh, I have to go to a hotel. I have to go to a relative's house or I have to, you know, live without it or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, you've now turned something that could actually be pushing you around into a, uh, a non, um, issue. Uh, You mentioned something that I think is a big piece of prepping, at least for me is guarding your, heart, mind, spirit uh, against fear, right? Because if these things catch you off guard, the first response is anxiety, fear, panic, as you mentioned. So when you know you're prepared for those things, you don't feel those things, right? You're like, oh, I've got that. I know I've got at least this much food in my house. I've got, you know, ways to get water or what what have you. So it's also a good just hedge against um, panicking in, in these situations. So we mentioned... Um, Natural disasters, wildfires, Um, I know that you mentioned earlier that tens of thousands of people are dealing with wildfires in our home state of California right now. Um, We just had a massive flood event here in Tennessee where we live, and I'm sure there are probably people who are very well prepared, especially in California, having, you know, weathered a season or two of, of fires out there now. But there's always people who I'm sure wish I should have had this, I should have, could have done this. And of course, we never think that these things are imminent or that um, they are likely to happen. But the deal with preps is 
if you, for example, have a bunch of shelf-stable food, that's never a bad thing to have because you can just eat it. <laughs> you can just go out and grab some ramen or whatever and, and start to cycle through the that food that you have stored. There's no downside to having preparations, even if the thing you're prepping for never comes to pass. So there's there's not a there's no downside. Well and even if we could talk about and I might touch on this a couple times, but there's such a uh popular culture misconception of the culture of prepping and it's it's obviously the show Doomsday Preppers it revolves around these doomsday these these uh big catastrophic scenarios that are frankly highly unlikely um but again i just want to emphasize i want to make this not not even normal but just it's common sense and take away the stigma take yeah take away the stigma it's 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 not even a thing it's not even a uh, it's not a hobby. It's it's not a something someone's into. Like I am. It's really just like a, uh, uh, being responsible. Being, yeah, being a, a human in this world, you need to prepare for life in this world. I mean, you take someone who's lived through a few fire seasons in California. I promise you, they are prepared to do it the fourth time. You take someone who first moves out from, say, the suburbs into the wildland urban interface, and they're probably less prepared. I'm not saying that in a total generalization than someone who's been through it. And it, it's just one of those things of uh, it's it's a common sense. It, it can just sort of, it doesn't in any way need to define you. It doesn't, people who are obsessed with it, 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 it can it it's not necessary it's just a applying a little bit of like you know 1 or 2% of your your life or your thought energy here and there to you know how can i be prepared for that or am i prepared for this and if not you know well what what would make the big difference for me there it's not it also does not need to revolve around materialism or consumerism there's a you know the term Mall ninja kind of comes from probably the prepping world. Of, never heard that term. Never heard that term. What is that? That's just, you know, people who've got all the knick-knack gear off of Amazon, but, um, you know, do they know how to use it? Is it even pertinent? You know, um, that kind of thing. And, and it's not about having tons of non-perishable food and, you know, cans of water or, you know you know, a a whole, a bunker full of stuff that is just like, we need to kind of move beyond that and and push that to the side and say, it's, it's, it's financial, it's, it's lifestyle, it's, it's so much more than, than, uh, you know, gear and gadgets and conspiracy theories, conspiracy (laughs) theories. Exactly. Um, it, it's really for everyday life for everyday people, um, and it's a, a it's a little bit goes a long way. So as we've talked about on this podcast before, another scenario that comes to my mind to prepare against is uh, inflation or even the more dramatic or dire situation of hyperinflation. But that is, I mean, inflation is upon us. So whether that means buying larger quantities of beef, let's say, at the price that it's at now 
versus where it could be at the end of this year or 18 months from now or, you know, however that's going to look. We know we're, we're already seeing, you know, prices go through the roof. Um, so having, you know, just thinking ahead and, and planning for something as simple as that, something that's very real and happening in our world right now is going to be a prep that's going to save you money. Um, and then I also thought of things, this is, um, you know, a reality we're starting to face, which could become more and more extreme, but things like vitamins and supplements being more and more regulated, they're already talking about taking certain just things that we've taken for granted as having access to, like maybe vitamin C or zinc or um, you know, we're obviously this conversation around ivermectin, a drug that's been very readily available and FDA approved for decades and decades and decades with very little side effect or any any issues with. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, a, you know, controlled substance that we can't even be, you know, behind lock and key. So we're seeing a lot of shifts in that department. So grabbing those things ahead of time while they're available um, are, again, it's, it's just applying some common sense, especially if those are things you like to use, supplements being another one, um, that get them while you can, get them while they're available to you. Well, and I would encourage anyone too that starts to say, you know, yeah, I'm going to think about this stuff a little more. I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a look at, at my family's life and situation and see, you know, what are we prepared for and what aren't we prepared for? And when you recognize those things or have those questions, say, um, you know, whether it's a wildfire or a tornado or hyperinflation, my, a great place to start is learning about that, you know, and, and go, okay, so what, what define oftentimes our fear defines and determines our reaction, but we all know that fear is very misleading it will tell you to run when you need to stand your ground. It will tell you to stand your ground when you need to run. You know, it it does not uh, it is not to be trusted in a, a rational, um, logical like risk management uh, framework. So learn about what comes to mind if it is wildfire fires. Do some research on you know what people do to prepare for these things and um whatever that might be hyperinflation what is it like in these parts of the world where hyperinflation occurred because you'll have plenty of people who will make videos on youtube or or write blogs about what they think it will be but there's actually a lot of first-hand accounts of all of these things and go kind of see what you can glean and learn from you know, how much time did they have to prepare? What were the things that, that surprised them, that took them for, uh, caught them off guard, that were, were useful or weren't useful? You know, all that kind of stuff. And it can really help you um, zero in on effective, non-fear-based preparation rather than, you know, thinking that a particular gadget or bunker or this or that is like the solution to your problem oftentimes knowledge is your prep is your prep for sure and kind of in a broad sweeping prep idea something we're realizing now as we're looking down the barrel of these vaccine mandates and you know just work environments that are very stressful masks etc 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 are 
the choices that we already made for our family. So 12 years ago, I started an online network marketing company, and that has, turns out, been one of our most vital preps. I mean, truly, that was not what I intended it to be, but it has allowed for our family to be flexible. So my husband, Tom, he's sitting here. I don't have to speak about him as if he's not right here. Hello there. Was a firefighter. And as a first responder in the state of California, we know he would be looking down the barrel of a jab mandate or a see you later situation at his, you know, his career, which at 15 years ago was our main plan, plan A, right? That was our main income. And so that would be really devastating. And that would bring our, um, I mean, it's, it's almost like, All your preps become useless when you are forced with a decision like that that you didn't see coming, right? So the more you can make your life flexible, the more you can um, unhinge or uh, disconnect yourself, I guess, from the having to be this or do this similarly to school when we chose to homeschool our kids. It gave us a lot of flexibility. We could always choose to put our kids in school, but it's always the harder choice to choose to pull them out of school, right? So the fact that our kids were already homeschooled was a a prep, turns out, for COVID and the year 2020 because we didn't miss a beat. Literally, we did school very normally, as we always did, every one of the days that kids were in and out of distance learning and are we in school and school's canceled and that's continued this year one of my very close friends um her daughter's school we're in week one just got canceled for two weeks and we'll check back after two weeks and see if we're back in session and you know she's like and here we are and we're homeschooling so it's having these choices or i should say making these choices ahead of time to diversify your family portfolio um financially also to um, just allow for for a little bit of a looser grasp or hold on um, what you think your 10-year plan from now might be. I mean, we have learned to roll with punches. Um, we never really thought that even with my business growing um, that Thomas would step out of his career. That wasn't initially our plan, but because we were intentional with diversifying our, our portfolio, our finances, Um, That did become the story. And, you know, we were able to give him that chance to step out. And of course, that's allowed him to now step into other things like, you know, startup, a tech startup that he's the CEO of now. And real estate is something that we do. Obviously, this podcast, you know, just moving in other directions and being fluid because we are holding loosely to the schooling that we had. I mean, we, we left a Cal pension, right? When we left uh, the fire service, but we're willing to hold loosely to those things that will pigeonhole us into, like we said, having our circumstances dictated to us as opposed to us being able to choose, do we want to make that choice? Do we want to move from this state to this state? Because that was another thing we were able to do really easily because of the flexibility we prepared ourselves for. So really, really think about that as a broad sweeping might help every kind of situation that you might come across, just looking into alternative ways of building a career or making money that are much more flexible 
and allow you to pivot. Yeah, I kind of that stirs in me to kind of speak about the spiritual side of things. And I feel very validated today, but I know it's not me because these visions and, and you know, desires that were put on my heart or concerns that were put on my heart. Um, now, today, it's very clear to me that it was the Lord preparing a way for me that pointing me in the right direction. And to say, Wendy and I are not sitting here saying, look what we've done. We are so smart and ahead of the game. You know, we're the best preppers ever. That's like the opposite of what I would want anyone to get out of this. But that, you know, asking the Lord to lead our lives to to make a path and saying, you know, if it's not something from you for us, take that desire away. But if it is, you know, God help us bring it to fruition, you know, make it, make it be. And that has been the defining characteristic of our relationship and family is just one thing after another that we sort of would be like, is this a desire of our own or is this placed here by him? And then not only does it come to fruition in time, but then it also is shown how it was his plan and that there was an it played an integral role in his plan for us. And, you know, that's just been over and over from the experience of the fire service and what that lent me as a, a man and an American and a husband and a father and and to our online business and the freedom that that brought us uh, that we didn't even know it would bring me out of the fire service to uh, the desires of our heart to raise our children on land and a farm that which brought us to Tennessee, which was also you know, tied so closely to having the freedom of a uh, the business we had had, which allowed me to step out of a career that would have confined me to one geographical place. You know, there's just it. His his fingerprints are just completely everywhere across the the kind of the fabric of of our uh, our walk. You know, and all the way to today, where back to like the validation, but it's it's his validation, not mine. Of you know, we just went, spent a year and a half, you know, I, I say this so humbly, but like unaffected by COVID, you know, he brought us to a state that was far friendlier than the one we came from. He placed us on land where our kids had a giant backyard and, and they're, you know, whether we were staying in or not, it was like irrelevant. And we were homeschooling, which we would never have been in a position to do if Wendy was still in her career and so was I. I mean, there's just every little bit of it. So I the the ultimate prep, not to sound cliche and corny, but is oh, is yeah. to have a, a a God at the center of your life that is the ultimate preparer. Like Amen. he is the ultimate preparer. Um outside of disaster, he he prepares to, and and lifts you up um, in good times and he, uh, protects you in the rough times. I mean, it's, uh, I, I can't, it would just be, we would be so remiss to not, uh, point at that as the center point of how we look at things. If you want to say prepping, um, that's, it's a relationship with him and asking him to be, uh, the designer and preparer of our lives over us and watch what he does. Which allows, I know on 
one of my last podcasts, we talked about being willing to say, you know what, just because I've done something for 15 years, 30 years means that's what I do. And I have to do that forever because God might have a pivot for you. And it's always better than what we think. We, we look at these things as just devastating when we lose a job or when we have to choose to leave a job. I know that's happening to a lot of you right now, um, or a spouse or what have you. Um, we look at those things as devastating and oftentimes they are, but they're all authored by God, and which means we can trust that it's part of the plan and he's sovereign over it and we can lean into it. And we don't have to be um, feeling all negative feelings. We can feel hopeful in that, knowing that he is good and he is guiding us. And if we're seeking his will over our own, which is hard, that's the humility piece of letting go of the thing I've studied for so long or the college that I wanted to go to for so long or the job I really, you know, thought I was going to have forever or the pension I worked God knows how long to get to. I'm so close to blah, blah, blah. All of those things I, I can understand in the natural have a lot of heavy burden to carry. But when you're able to just look through that lens of his sovereignty, we talk about that a lot, it does prep your heart, right? Prepare your heart, prepare your spirit for what he wants to do and how he wants to prepare you. So I want to talk a little bit about some nuts and bolts, and I am going to post a blog in the show notes here that's going to kind of give you some lists if you find that that is helpful on some things that we talk about in some specific categories. So we're going to shift gears here a bit. So I wanted to talk about some at home for the brand new prepper, for the person who maybe lives in Manhattan and has no space and no things, what are some things that come to your mind as like just some basic things that are always good to have on hand or think about or start to move towards getting those things? So that's, I mean, there's so many different uh, philosophies and and ways to approach that. But, um, you know, there's, you can have a, a, a bag of stuff in your car a bag of stuff in your apartment um and it's not necessarily stuff that would go with you so much as it's not like a bug out bag that's a very common um we're going to come back to that catchphrase and that that (laughs) serves a purpose but it could just be a place where like that stuff that you might need is all in one place so i have to interrupt and say my husband we never leave the house and go anywhere on any trip without a certain amount of medications and a certain amount of um, first aid equipment that's either in our car or even in our carry-on when we go on an airplane, or um, which we actually have been caught in other countries without kids Tylenol before, and I just feel like the worst prepper ever. But hey, everybody has yeah. their holes, you know? But, um, you know, things like Zofran is like such a a great medication to have on hand for when people get nauseous, right? Like either from traveling or they get food poisoning or, you know, things like that. Those are, those are really easy things to just think ahead as to if there was a crisis, because in Manhattan, you're going to have a different short list than if you live out here in rural Tennessee, right? Our short list might look different. So really it's just thinking ahead of like, you know, if there was a blackout or whatever, if I needed just a handful of things to get 
through the next 12 hours, what would those things be? Because again, they're going to be different if you're in an apartment or if you're in a house or. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it is, it's so different. Like it's, you could build, build out sort of scenarios of different places and circumstances. But if I'm in New York City and I'm just thinking of, you know, the things that could cause me trouble, you know, I'd want I'd want some cash so that if the ATMs or cards go down uh, for some reason, I've Power got, outage, I've got natural some cash. Disaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and whether that's cash that I just always carry like in the uh, in my shoe or whether it's in a, a stash in a bag, you know, um, or in my trunk or car or what, you know, whatever that might be. But, um, I, I, I'm a big fan. It doesn't matter where you are, but, uh, city or country. Um, I, I always like to have a lighter. I have lighters in my cars, in my vehicles, uh, lighters and bags. And, you know, a, again, a little bit goes a long way. Um, uh, something sharp or a pocket knife, uh, pocket knife or, or a Swiss Army knife that has a handful of different tools, a Gerber tool. I don't know if you, you're familiar with that, um, but it, just options, things to do things, a flashlight, um, preferably LED nowadays that the batteries will last longer. And um, again, doesn't have to be big doesn't have to be the strongest flashlight i know everyone has a phone nowadays um a backup battery uh pack you know whether it's a small one or a larger one so you can get a couple charges out of that battery um you if the power goes out and you don't have it it's just one of those things like how much will that take the wind out of your sails and how much will that limit you in in what amount of time and our phones they still work with the power out, you know, and usually, so you don't want to, you want to hold on to that. So what do I need to do? Yeah. A battery pack goes a long way, a little bit of food, and that could be just some snack bars or, you know, snacks for the kids. If you've got kids, you just don't stuff that. How, how difficult is my life going to get? How quickly without, you know, that, and that would be, obviously you probably have food in your apartment, but do you have it in your car? Do you have it with you and that can be changed out regularly but just having a little something a case of water in case the water turns off we usually have a case of water in all of our vehicles just for you know we have three children who immediately get thirsty as soon as they're buckled in again it's like a little bit goes a long way you know a six pack of water in your trunk or you know whatever and that can sit there for a while before it you know use it don't just throw it out you know it's just at some point bring it in the house and use it or or again in in your now this might be stuff you already keep and that's fine you know but it's not like you have to have a special stash of it but again it i i don't like to get too into the details because you could go on and on and on about this or that or what is necessary and what isn't it's really about what works for you um, you're never another rule of preparations. You will never be fully prepared for everything. So don't try to be. Just kind of pick what works for you. You can't be weighted down with a bag. You don't walk around with a, a go bag on your back everywhere you go. You know, <laughs> unless you're a mom, it's called a diaper bag. And exact, and it's kind of, that's the same <laughs> philosophy right there. Moms like, are are secret preppers, and I na- mean, I would call them natural preppers. We're natural preppers. Yeah. Like, think of what I carried around in that diaper bag in those days, like snacks, water, entertainment for said child. I mean, I could come up with like, 
I could make a napkin and a straw wrapper into something significant to entertain my child (laughs) before the food came, right? Like you are inventive and creative and uh, you're a natural prepper. You just got to think in those, in that context for sure. So in, again, kind of zooming out for my next question, there's two kinds of types of plants. So I think the first thing, a brand new prepper just needs to do what we just said. Get some just basic, smart things to... Oh, I didn't say, and it's probably the most obvious that I'm a big fan of, is a first aid kit. Yeah, I said that. You always keep one in the car and take one on the airplanes and all those things. (laughs) We're big fans of first aid kits, for sure. And gloves and some other things that we keep in our car and just for... If you if it's winter and you're going in the car, it's just another thing I thought of. We always have a blanket or something because what if we get a flat tire or run out of gas or get in a car accident or what have you Excellent. where it's going to get cold quick in the car? You got to have those things. Think about those things. You'll wish you had them if you didn't. Yeah, and before we pass on this, all of these things are it, particularly when you get into like first aid is a great example of a, the stuff that they sell you in the pre-made kit is going to be band-aids and tape. You know, it's going to be... Not necessarily helpful. Not super helpful for... Great for the playground. <laughs> right. When when you're like, oh my gosh, I need a, like, not a band-aid, but a first aid kit, is that's not the time for the pre-purchased first aid kit. This is also where... Um, not to say you shouldn't get it, like get what works for you, get what you can get. But this is also where like knowledge and training um, are worth more than equipment and gear. So again, like if you're thinking about, you know, how am I prepared? What might I need to be prepared for? The first place that I would generally point someone who is not does not have a background in healthcare or medicine or whatever is first aid, that kind of thing. You don't, a little bit goes a long way. You don't need to become a paramedic or a doctor. A little bit goes a long way going to a basic first aid class that will be like an hour or two at the boys and girls club on a Saturday. Um, You'd be amazed at the confidence you'll come out of their knowing the Heimlich, maybe knowing CPR, knowing basic bleeding control. Um, you know, it's a lot of this is it's not uh, you don't want the delusion, the illusion of thinking, you know what to do. There's nothing like knowing, OK, I have a confidence about this. I, I know what I need to do. I mean, in fact, my dad I don't know why he took that class, but he took his. Because he's smart. Yeah, he took his like basic life support or some class through Douglas County, Nevada. And like within a month, he performed the Heimlich on a kid in Costco. Those or, Costco hot um, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, again, I mean, a month before that, if that had happened a month before, I'm not saying he wouldn't have sprung into action and done it. But I promise you the confidence that he had of just having gone through that played a role in his ability to act and not be a bystander and his ability to uh, follow through and actually get the job done, which in that case, you know, it's life and death. And um, I will say our son, our youngest choked and it was a severe choke and I did not know how to do the Heimlich. I thank 
God, my husband was home. Well, it ended up remedying before Tom came in the house, but I have grown lackadaisical because I know my husband is trained in certain skills. And so I feel like I don't have to have those skills, but it was very clear to me, time is of the essence when your five-year-old is choking on a piece of steak, right? And um, so I learned it the next day, the very next day, we watched all kinds of videos and I now feel much more confident. He's five, so it was in between what I knew in my head is the Heimlich, which is from behind, but he's too little. And I thought, well, gosh, when I was a nanny a hundred years ago, you turn him and you hit him on the back. He's in between, there's an in-between thing I didn't remember or know about. So knowing those sorts of things, like it's not just confidence, but even if the other person that you're usually with has those skills, it is that personal responsibility and knowing I might be the one called into action on this particular thing and let's have those skills. And and you can learn so much from YouTube. Like people, a lot of times people make fun of YouTube, but my for like, oh, you think you know about something because you watched on YouTube. I mean, there's some truth we to that. We are remodeling our bathroom solely off YouTube videos. It's going okay. I graze cows according to YouTube videos. I I mean, there's, there's no end to how YouTube can be valuable to you. And remember, if you're not doing this professionally, you don't need a certification. You can learn so much more in a short amount of time. There is a deeper dive to first aid if you want to put together a really legitimate, valuable first aid kit, um, it still can be very small, but much, much more than what you find in the store. But you need to know how to use it. You know, uh, an NPA, which is an airway that goes through your nose, that's, that's a, most places that's a EMT basic skill, but I'm telling you, it takes no skill. And if you have one, and somebody needs one, um, why not? You know, those kinds of things that it in a, an emergency, um, it matters, you know, so. And on that note, just as it's in my brain, some things that we have used around the house with ourselves, with our kids, is a blood pressure cuff is always a good thing to have and an oxygen, um, what are they called? O2 monitor? Just Yeah, a... the SpO2 monitor, ox oximeter. Okay. A pulse oximeter is what it's called on Amazon. The if thing that goes up. on your finger, and especially with COVID and whatnot, that's always a good thing to just know. How yeah, much... those have. Uh, I, I've ironically, I was surprised that they were even in stock, and I have had one for years, but I thought about purchasing another one because I'm into redundancy, but as a prepper, but um, <laughs> but they have actually become quite valuable for people who are dealing with COVID because if you're. It, again, and we were talking about this today with, and I, we have not gone through COVID ourselves yet that we know of, but um, a lot of it is like anxiety and uh, fear, right? You, oh my gosh, I'm positive. I've got COVID. How's, you know, am I going to, is this the end of me? You know, whatever. And if you are having like a more severe case and you're going, I'm, I, I'm breathing, but it hurts. It's hard to breathe. You know, if you can put a pulse oximeter on your finger and see that you're still getting 98% oxygen oxygen saturation in your blood then you can rest easy knowing you're, you're fine getting you're good, good. Oxygen. Yeah. where if you're dropping down into the 80s you know well this might be the time that i need to start looking at better treatment further treatment further help and it's a 25 dollar device 
on Amazon. So when you look at that and you go for this to have that ability to take fear away from to, making the decisions, then I mean, $20, 20, I mean, I, it's a like no a no brainer. So once you have your basics and once you're like, okay, now I'm thinking I want to be even more prepared than just my flashlight and my first aid kit planning is also a prep in the same way that I literally just in homeschool with my kids, we went over what to do if there's a fire, where do we meet? How do you get out? What if the fire's on the stairs? Where do you go? What if it's here? You know, blah, blah, blah. That's a plan, right? And that is a prep because now everybody's going to be on the same page when something happens, right? So there's a bug in plan as it's called, there's a bug out plan, as it's called. So those would be plans for if the situation, whatever the emergency is or, you know, the change in circumstances is, sometimes it's going to warrant you to stay where you are and hunker down, much like we experienced this last year, right? The shelter in place scenario where we're going to be at home for longer than usual. Like those, those plans of sheltering in place or hunkering down are going to look different than a hurricane that's coming through or a flood or whatever actually most people moved to, to tennessee <laughs> that's their, their bug out or bug in plan it was their bug out plan just... the bug out plan became the bug in plan but just in tennessee that's true that was part of our preps i know a lot of people want to live on the land and i i totally believe that that's like a like hidden mama bear prep plan for you that yeah of course we do we want to have some space to grow our own food to be able to have a little bit more of that self-sustainability right like that's the desire with land is not just because i want to mow five acres if i could get the shot right that's not why we want to live on land and having our 84 acre farm was absolutely a part of our longer term plan to prep our family more significantly, right? But if, and maybe that's a long term plan you wanna make, I encourage it for sure. Look ahead five years, 10 years, five years, one year. <laughs> Where do you really wanna be if things go bad for a really long time? If this doesn't continue to improve, and if, like a lot of us fear, it gets much worse. Where do you want to weather that storm? With what people? In what kind of a an environment? Do you want to be in a city? Do you want to be more rural? You know, do you want to have easier access to this or that? Do you want to be by family? Do you not? Do you, you know, like what is it going to look like in a um, more long-term scenario? That's something you need to think of in terms of a plan and how can I get from where I am now to that plan, because we always had a plan to get ourselves from where we were, which was not in any rural area. Well, some people would call the whole swath of Nevada rural, <laughs> but we wanted to get into, um, get to land, to a farm, right? So that's kind of your long-term vision, your long-term plan. We've also, now that we're here, have established things like a whole house generator, a whole farm generator. These are like more advanced preps that you can start to look down the line to, you know, we ended up biting the bullet and just did it. And we just had a conversation with Tom's dad, my father-in-law, where he thought about doing it, didn't do it. And now he's facing a lot of brownouts and blackouts in, in relation to these wildfires out West. And now he's on the list to get a generator, but I'm sure as the same with toilet paper, he's probably not the only one on that list all of a sudden, right? And there could be a delay that really be, makes the whole prep 
not even necessary by the time you get it. So having plans is prepping. I hope you guys are learning as much as we learned from just revisiting this conversation and being intentional about discussing the different variables and lists and all the things. Again, check the show notes for the corresponding blog that has all the lists, all the notes, all the things you might need. And of course, jump on over and subscribe over at the blog at gainingmyperspective.com. And of course, the podcast is there too. Don't forget to subscribe and catch the second half of this riveting podcast next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wisdom and the forward thinking that we were able to explore and collect through my husband Thomas today, Lord. We're just grateful that faith is a prep. We know that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, and you are also the author and perfecter of every step we take. We know that tomorrow is not guaranteed, and some of this or all of this would be in vain, potentially. But we put our trust in you above all else. We put our confidence in you and know that you are in control and that you are sovereign, and we have nothing to be afraid because of that. But if it is in your plan, if it is in your will for us, Lord, please convict anyone who hears these words to do whatever it is you would have them do to prepare their family for what's coming, Lord, because you know you see and you win. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.